Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Thrive Infertility Podcast. This is your host, Kathy Quillett, owner of Tennessee Reproductive Therapy and the Quillett Institute. I welcome you back to another episode, another week, another time to just check in with yourself and take an inventory and see how you're doing with your mental health and all things fertility and fertility. And, uh, I hope that as the holidays are on the horizon, that you're able to check in with yourself about that too, and see how you're feeling with boundaries. I'm going to talk about that in an upcoming podcast, but just go ahead and start thinking about that because whether it's COVID or whether it's, you know, your own infertility or fertility struggle, um, the holidays feel really big and looming with, with all the family festivities and requirements when maybe you just don't feel up for it. So give yourself freedom to check in with yourself about that too. Today, as promised in last time's episode, I have Sarah Prater from the Tennessee Center for Reproductive Acupuncture in Knoxville, Tennessee. So Sarah, thank you for joining us. Yeah. Thank you for having me. I'm really happy to be here. Yay. You guys are going to love her. She works really close with our therapist in Knoxville and they're such kindred spirits. And you just talk to Sarah and you feel gentleness and warmth and she's just kind of perfect for this season of infertility, which is great because that's all your center does. So tell me about, you know, other than the job title and where you work, who are you, Sarah? Oh gosh. So, um, I've been practicing acupuncture since 2008 and okay. specializing in infertility since 2012. Um, I'm from the Midwest. So okay. um, my husband moved here from Indiana in 2016. I have two children. Okay. Um, and I get asked a lot if I struggle with infertility and, and I actually never have, um, okay. family members have, but I've just been drawn so much to this field that, you know, it's, um, only gotten more and more meaningful to me now that I have a family. So it's, yeah. it's been a journey to go through that. So, well, in the last six months, year, the American society of reproductive medicine now is saying that acupuncture is really helpful. It's one of the more elective procedures. Well, I guess all of fertility treatment, they deem elective, but <laughs> kind of secondary treatments to fertility treatments that they view as something that they find to be productive and helpful. And so knowing that you have a center in Knoxville completely devoted to infertility and uh, reproduction, I just think is a fantastic asset to your community. Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's such so needed in Knoxville. Um, when we moved here, it was one of my goals is to open just a fertility practice. And so I think that there's just so much room for integration in fertility. I think um, mm. acupuncture is nice for both fertility and pregnancy because it's, it's not adding any medication to the body, right? So we're not interfering with anything a doctor is doing. We're not affecting the pregnancy in any adverse way. Um, you can do acupuncture with any kind of medication protocol. So it's, it's a really versatile tool. Um, there's lots and lots of evidence that acupuncture is supportive for you know, all types of things. So IVF, IUI, um, any type of, you know, frozen embryo or embryo adoption cycle, things like that, PCOS, um, women trying naturally, um, you know, all different types of things we, we see here in our clinic. And, and I'm happy that the, the fertility community at large is starting to recognize the, yeah. um, the benefit we can provide their patients. Um, yeah. I know the Knoxville community is incredibly supportive of our work. Um, and, and we feel That's really awesome. proud of our connections with the, the clinics and, you know, mm -hmm. love that. So, 
Western medicine, a lot of times just gets really territorial, right? When it gets to Eastern medicine and more elective procedures, I keep saying elective, but not as in like a derogatory sense, but I love that your community is integrating it. Yeah. Yeah, they really are. I, I wasn't sure, you know, obviously what to expect, but I was very much welcome with open arms. I mean, I was shocked um, at the reception just initially for people who didn't know me from Adam. Um, I had no reputation and I've really just tried to tried to say, hey, I'm here to support your work. I'm, I'm not here to take it away. I, I think there's a little bit of a, um, I don't know, like a misunderstanding in our medicine that, you know, we try to go against Western medicine or always anti-integration. And, and there are some providers that are that way, are. Um, but we certainly aren't at our clinic at all. So. Great. We actually encourage people to go to the doctor and at least get a diagnosis. So we understand what we're working with and, and, you know, can provide the best care possible. Great. Great. So tell me, how do you, I mean, I want to cover today, Sarah, two areas. How does acupuncture help physical fertility? How can you support the physicians, whether it's IUI, IVF, help uh, the women maybe before they even get there or the men, but also how can you, or how can acupuncture at large support the emotions, mental health, de-stress, whatever that might be. So let's start with the physical nature. How can acupuncture support those going or suffering from infertility? So there's kind of a few ways and, and these particular things will help any type of cycle. So um, probably the most important thing is improvement of blood flow. So mm. That can support, you know, the, the quality of your, or your follicles, um, the thickness and the quality of your endometrial lining, that sort of thing. Um, and there's a lot of evidence that better blood flow is associated with better rates of implantation um, and live birth in, in IVF. So that's a, an important thing um, that we work on pretty strongly. And, and obviously that would hold true for a natural cycle or an, an IUI or something like that. Um, regulates hormones. So um, it can help, you know, for example, during an IVF cycle, it keeps cortisol and prolactin levels at a more normal level throughout the cycle, which is helpful for, you know, all types of things. Um, It can help to improve the quality of the menstrual cycle. So if you um, don't ovulate regularly, you don't ovulate at all, or you have a very long cycle or very short cycle, um, we can actually affect change in that way. So there's some pretty interesting research on acupuncture uh, where they do PET scans while folks are under acupuncture and they can see different areas of the brain light up. Um, and so obviously we'd be working on the pituitary and you know that those areas of the brain. And so we can actually affect the brain function, which then in turns affect the, the hormone cascade all the way down to a, you know, an ovulatory fertile menstrual cycle. So that's one of my favorite things. It's, it's pretty fun to see. Um, and then wow. I always tell people stress, you know, um, and stress, not in the sense that, oh, if you relax, you'll get pregnant. I hate that advice. Um, oh, that's the worst. So I always say that as a caveat, you know, acupuncture can help you relax, but that's not going to, you know, be the thing that gets you pregnant or not. So, um, you know, that's, that's my third little piece of that physical part, which kind of yeah. gets out into the emotional Yeah. How can somebody find, what should somebody look for if they're not in Knoxville? Obviously Knoxville, like you're a great resource outside of Knoxville. How does somebody find a provider that's experienced with infertility? Because it's a niche. Am I right? It is a niche. And so there's kind of a few layers to sort of 
figure out who's um, who's qualified. And so the first thing I would look for, um, and every state has a little bit different license structure, but somebody who's a licensed acupuncturist. Um, so that's my title. That's uh, my state uh, medical license is licensed acupuncturist. Um, I'm also NCCAOM certified, which means I'm nationally board certified in acupuncture, which means I have a master's degree or a doctorate in acupuncture. Um, and I've passed all the board exams. So those are really important. That means somebody has like a, a plethora of experience, whether they're a generalist or a specialist, that's important to start there. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing is to really, you know, go to their website, talk to them about their experience. Um, I'd also make sure that you talk about the expectations from the treatment. You know, if you are looking to do, you know, integrative acupuncture with an IVF cycle, for example, you wouldn't necessarily want a provider that you know, really doesn't trust Western medicine. You want somebody that's pretty confident in, you know, their ability to work with that protocol. Yeah. Um, there is a certification um, called ABORUM, which is A-B-O-R-M. And I don't know all of the acronym names off the top of my head, but that's, that's okay. a certification you can get um, as a fertility and prenatal acupuncturist. Um, I'm slowly working towards mine, but I have two small children. So it's a... Uh, <laughs> It's, it's tough right now, um, but that's another way, although that's um, not always, you're not always going to find that in smaller communities. Can you help men? We can. Yeah. So there, um, you know, I always tell people it takes two, even if, you know, yes. your analysis is normal, um, there can be oxidative stress um, in the sperm causing issues um, with the quality, um, which there's some research that shows that can be, you know, impact miscarriage rates and things like that. So we do recommend that men get acupuncture um, and we have different sort of treatment plans depending on the severity of their issues or if they have issues at all, but um, acupuncture can help improve quality, quantity, um, you know, things like that. Some of my favorite success stories are when there's a male fertility case and they, uh, you know, finally get pregnant after a while. So I love that. Isn't it so awesome when somebody finally achieves pregnancy, especially when, you know, you've had a hand in it, you know, I'm somebody who helps pick them up and maybe gets them back on track with, you know, their, their emotions, psychologically, et cetera. But you're somebody who has a hand in getting them pregnant. It's what a miracle that you get to be a part of. But, you know, honestly, one of the things that I see about fertility, I think that you're, you're underplaying your role. Um, because, I always tell my patients, I said, most people get pregnant eventually, Mm. you know, and and not everybody, right. But a lot of people, it's just, well, let's figure out what's going on. Let's figure out what the proper treatment is and what dosage works for your body. And let's get you to the right clinic and connect you with the right people. And so it's, it's more a marathon than a sprint. Yeah. And I think you have to protect your mental health and your physical health during that time so that you can keep going, you know? So I, I talk to patients a lot about that, that I see the stress piece of, of my work, you know, and the mental health piece is let's make this as easy as possible on you so that you're willing to go to the next step if you decide that that's the right move for you, you know? Yeah. So I feel like that's an important piece that's kind of underplayed in fertility that sometimes they start you out on a medication and it just doesn't quite get you where you need to be. And then, you know, there's a lot of people feel discouraged and that's really normal. Um, yeah. And they kind of just have to keep going, keep working up, try a different medication. Everybody's bodies are different. So you're so right. Yeah. So that's something I see in the mental health piece. That's I think really, really underplayed. Well, obviously I couldn't agree more, (laughs) (laughs) but, and I even tell people, even after you get through the marathon of infertility, next is pregnancy, postpartum and parenthood. 
Yeah. Right. And so if we go into those seasons, depressed, anxious, disconnected from ourselves, disconnected from our partner, whatever, we are not starting that well. No, no, not at all. And, and, you know, I think that that's such an important piece because, and I always tell my patients, I said, you know, getting pregnant is, is not the goal. Having a healthy baby is the goal. And you, pregnancy is a journey in and of itself. And I think there's a tendency for the sort of Instagram world of fertility to just sort of say, oh, I've gotten pregnant. It's perfect now. And, mm-hmm. and that's a whole host of anxiety, stress, physical issues, mental issues, financial issues, You're right. career issues, you know, and, and all of it's wonderful in, in a way, but it's also hard. And, and so something I stress with my patients, I, I just tell them how brave they are for towing that line, you know, for walking up to parenthood so intentionally Um, because it is hard and expensive, you know, and it's wonderful as well, but it's, it's not an easy journey. Um, Mm -hmm. and so I think people should give themselves credit for, you know, I think walking into an IVF clinic and saying, I want to be pregnant. There's an intentionality there. That's very different from, well, let's stop using birth control and kind of see what happens. Right. right. Um, right. And obviously both people want the same outcome, but I think there's a bravery in that, that, first person that, you know, should be acknowledged. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So how do you help people? Let's say they're, they're, you know, working with you with acupuncture to try and get pregnant. How can you help them emotionally? You've already touched on the stress relief piece, which is a really big piece. Yeah. So, you know, emotionally, one thing I hear often from patients who've done cycles with and without acupuncture is that it's just easier with acupuncture. So, Mm. um, emotionally easier and physically easier. And again, that plays into the marathon piece, right? You have to keep Mm -hmm. going. Um, but we can treat side effects. So if you're getting headaches or hot flashes from the medications, you know, that will help you sleep better. If you're not waking up with hot flashes and that'll help your mental health, your anxiety levels. Oh my gosh. Uh, You know, all those little things that really just add up. Um, the stress piece is huge, you know, whether there's depression, anxiety, a combination, worry, fear, um, you know, just feeling overwhelmed. Like you said, with the holidays coming up, what do I do? I'm going to have to be around that aunt. Who's going to ask me again when we're yep. having kids, you know, how do I avoid that? Um, don't do go. Yeah. I mean, that's a <laughs> absolutely valid. That's maybe thing. my opinion. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Um, and so I think, you know, all of those things we try to work on as best we can. So, um, I think it's, it's a really helpful piece for sure. I think Sarah, even with the support that acupuncture can provide for dealing with the symptoms of fertility medicine, I hear anything from fertility medicine didn't affect me to, I had to quit my job and I gained 40 pounds Mm -hmm, and I don't even know myself. I'm so depressed, anxious, whatever. And I don't say that to scare anybody who's listening to this as much as just to say like hormones are crazy. My husband, I remember early was like, honey, you're not taking birth control because it makes you a different person. Not that he has the authority to be like, no, but his vote was no. And you know, you get into a a lot of different compounding hormones, getting ready for fertility. And if you and acupuncture can help eliminate some of those side effects. So you do sleep, so you can rest. So maybe you aren't as angry. Maybe you aren't as anxious. Yeah. It's it's amazing. And I, I tell my patients all the time, I'm like, well, of course you're anxious. Of course you're stressed. You're waiting to find out if you're pregnant, your body is so overloaded with estrogen and progesterone 
that you're not, you're not yourself, even if you feel pretty good, you know, there's mm-hmm. so many factors here. And so try to just, uh, you know, normalize the experience too, to say like, it is okay to feel how you feel. Like, yeah. I think it'd be weird if you didn't feel that way in some ways, you know, and obviously there are extremes which become, you know, detrimental to your career and your relationships and things like that. But, you know, I think a little bit of an emotional roller coaster is, is normal, right? Like everybody had nerves on their wedding day, you know, it's, it's a big day. Yes. So these know. are life changing things, yeah. not to mention that it's not just the hormones, but right. it's being poked and prodded all the time with fertility treatments and right. you're spending, you know, close to $30,000 on it. What feels like a gamble. So we right. have all those pre-existing emotions that have started accumulating just with month after month of negative pregnancy tests. And then we throw in these artificial hormones and you just feel out of control. Uh, And I I always talk to my patients about the logistical challenge when I'm having somebody going through IVF, especially for the first time. I'm like, logistically, it can be more challenging than anything else because you have a lot of appointments and you're trying to juggle your job and all of these other things. And so I think that is kind of an underrated thing as well that can cause pretty serious stress because you're trying to move forward in your career. And, and you said, it's a gamble. What if it doesn't work? And what if taking all this time off from work makes me not get a promotion and I'm not pregnant. And so I really wanted that promotion or wanted it if I was pregnant and, yeah, you know, there's, there's so many things there and your relationship with your partner, you know, I think your worth, I know that I can imagine myself having feelings of, well, well, do you want me now that I, that I'm struggling to have children? Um, you know, what is our relationship about? Right. So I think there's just so much there. Um, Sarah, my story is that of infertility people listening probably know this. Um, and I remember it was female factor. It was totally me and I was actually unable to have kids. And I remember telling my husband, like, just, I'm going to turn the other way, just pack a bag and leave. I don't blame you. I'm not mad at you. Like I want us to stay married, but go find some, I remember saying, go find somebody with a healthy uterus. And he's like, honey, I didn't marry you for your uterus. And I was like, (laughs) but everything feels wrapped up in the failure of that right now. Right. And there's an expectation you go into marriage. Presumably you've discussed, do you want children? Do you not? How many, what kind of life do we envision together? And then if, if you just get a big roadblock, it's, it can be yeah. devastating. And, and I think also in, in terms of a marriage, I'm, I've been thinking about this a lot lately is it's often the first hard thing you go through. Yes. You know, most people get married and have children relatively quickly. And of course, not everyone, but you know, you're usually happy and you're dating and you get married and you haven't had a lot of the life's traumatic things to go through, to have that base of your relationship or your, oh, I know that when he deals with stress, he does this. And so it's just so, it's so hard, I think for couples, you know? Yeah. So Um, we call that now in my world, a reproductive trauma and y'all, I just looked up really briefly. Um, my uh, old list of podcasts, if you go back to my August 30th podcast, it's the one about coping with trauma. In fact, some of my podcasts at the very beginning were those just talking about how our reproductive narrative becomes a reproductive trauma. And so if you want to revisit a little bit of that to expand a little bit more on what Sarah is saying, I encourage you to go back and listen to those podcasts because you're so right. It becomes a trauma and we walk around as people who are completely overstimulated, hypervigilant, functioning like 
with a lot of the same symptoms of PTSD. And so we need all the support that we can get to sustain us. And that's again, before we throw hormones in it. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And just the roller coaster of all of it. It's, it's crazy. And, and bringing up the trauma piece that, that makes me think we, we do treat women for trauma, um, a lot, you know, cause it's, mm. it's been a traumatic experience for a yes. lot of women. Um, and mm. so acupuncture is used by the military for PTSD all the time. And we use a lot of those same techniques and in, in patients who've experienced a lot of loss or heartbreak, um, or just, just are really going through a lot. Um, and it can be really, really helpful, um, to sort of help regulate their nervous system so they can get through it a little bit easier. You know, they can't take it away, but it can just help them, you know, get, like I said, get through it, take some of the the edge away, help them sleep a little better, you know, the anxiety feelings. So, well, I couldn't love that anymore. I think this is such a good resource and asset to the community. Okay. So let's get close to landing this plane here, Sarah. If you are giving somebody your elevator pitch or you're sitting in, we're in your office right now, I'm seeing what I imagine are your exam rooms, procedure rooms. What are you telling people? What's a gift of like encouragement that you're giving these individuals or couples that you're working with? Yeah. So a lot of times I see folks that are wanting to do everything to get pregnant. And mm, so that's a good um, one. one of the things that I say to people um, is, you know, it's okay to be a little bit in moderation, everything in moderation, including moderation, mm. have the cake, have the glass of wine. I think you can get so restrictive that that can add to the trauma of the whole experience. Um, and obviously there are times when, you know, wine is definitely not appropriate, but I think that's not going to be the reason you don't get pregnant. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think people can get a little too hypervigilant and it just adds more stress and more anxiety and, and it's not helpful to a certain point. So that's something I always say, everything in moderation and including moderation to an extent. Right. 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 Um, so I think that's an important piece that I, I tell people a lot. Um, that's awesome. also that it's okay to feel the way you feel, you know, like it's okay mm-hmm. to say no to the holiday. It's okay to say no to the baby shower you know, it's okay to go off Facebook for a while. It is okay to care for your soul and yourself in addition to your body. It's not about just getting pregnant. It's about working to grow through the whole idea about this podcast is how do we help you thrive in the middle of it? I have to give people permission slips all the time. Not like actual permission slip, like you're seven and you're getting permission to go to the bathroom in uh, second grade. But permission to like date again, permission to do the things that you love again, permission to put infertility talk on the table while you and your partner go on a date. So it's not infiltrating everything. I think so often we forget that we can live well because the seasons after this pregnancy, postpartum and parenthood. And so how are we living well here? How are we enjoying life? I think that's so paramount. I have so many couples that I work with that are like, we forgot that we could go on dates and like, enjoy each other. Yeah. Like, I don't know who steals it. I don't know, but listen, no judgment because the same thing happened to me. I I got so dark into despair that I was like, you want to go out? Great. Find somebody else to go out with, like go out with your buddies or something. And, you know, I'm, I'm a very type A person. And so when I focus on something, I focus on hundred percent, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think there's this tendency to think, oh, well, if I go out and have a date and don't talk about fertility, 
maybe I'm not doing something to help myself right now, you know, and, and I think you're doing more to help yourself by letting go a little bit yeah. sometimes, you know, yeah. um, I tell my patients all the time, they're like, what's your best advice for the two week wait? And I'm like, distraction, mm-hmm. distraction, like make, make some plans, be busy. Um, it was much easier before the pandemic, but you know, there's nothing you can really do to affect the outcome greatly other than very obvious things. So mm. Yeah. Yes. So on our website for listeners or Sarah for you, for your patients, Tennessee reproductive therapy.com, you can go to resources and under that is free resources. And I have a collection of PDFs that are kind of like free mental health guides. Mm -hmm. One of them is your monthly cycle, how to kind of live well there. Uh, I think that one's about 10 pages and it just kind of gives an overview. What we talk about is like menses, the weight to ovulation, ovulation, two week weight and testing. Um, and then there's mental health in your monthly cycle. And that is a daily journal, uh, of questions, et cetera, to help people with their mental health in the monthly cycle to your point. So yeah. I'm so excited about that. I can't wait to look at them. I've never seen them on your website. Yay. Yeah. Other ones we have are um, creating a postpartum plan, something called supporting infertility to give to people to help them understand what infertility is, questions for a fertility special specialist and quest, like interviewing uh, an IVF doctor or whatever, and then questions for an adoption agency if you're trying to choose an adoption agency. Yeah. So Awesome. Well, Sarah, you are a gift to this community and I know you're a gift to Knoxville. Um, y'all listening, let me tell you that Tennessee reproductive, uh, therapy and the Tennessee center for reproductive acupuncture, i.e. Sarah, we are having an event where we're going to dive deeper into this next Tuesday. So this is going to come out on Monday, not a ton of time to RSVP. Um, but Tuesday, the second it's 6:30 Eastern Sarah and Dr. Amanda and I, she's our Knoxville therapist. Um, we are going to be talking about this stuff going in a little bit more. If you have questions, you want to know more, whatever, join us. It's a free event. It's on zoom. You don't have to live only in Knoxville or Nashville, but I hope that you will join us. Um, and kind of just go a little bit deeper into these topics. Yeah. Yeah. We have a lot of research presentations and we'll yeah. Show different pictures of things. So it'll be great. Oh, awesome. I wish that it was in person so you could stick a couple needles in us. (laughs) All right, Sarah, thank you so much for being here. You're welcome. You're welcome. Thank you. All right, everybody go out and thrive. Have a great week.